and welcome to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. We're back again after two weeks of fantasy action. Looking into week three, and I'm joined as always by Chris Keane. How are you? Good. Benny boy, two weeks in, and i tell you what, it is nice being two weeks in and already having the same number of wins as the DFF's entire career after two weeks. Hog, how are you? Very well, gentlemen. It's been a lovely sunny day in Melbourne. I may have got the budgie smugglers out. I may have got the coconut oil out. And I am a very, very nice caramel colour today. But I am also very lucky to be here. We all are. That's right, uh, because for all the other Melburnians out there, there was a little bit of action uh, this week. And Melbourne was well and truly shooketh, so to speak. Uh, pretty large earthquake, wasn't it? I don't, I've never experienced anything like that. It was... Um, the whole place was physically shaking. It went for like 30 seconds as well. I'm sure in other parts of the world that's quite normal, but I'm not used to that much shaking uh, in this apartment, so to speak. Hod? Are we, oh. st- are we still talking about an earthquake there, Ben? Or I was. Where well, are you going with this? I was going, listeners, can you can you provide the listeners where you were when the earthquake went off, Ben, please? I may, I may have been in bed at the time. Oh, and oh, and it was it was shaking, um, and it lasted thirty seconds, which is pretty pretty standard. Were you uh, did you did you have company in that bed, or were you hand solo? Uh yeah, hand solo. Oh, Racy Palmer. <laughs> hey. What about you boys? What were you doing when it all went down? Oh, I was I was on the phone to a work colleague, and uh, I think we both went Jesus. <laughs> Was that? Jeepers! Uh, it was it was bizarre, as you said, mate. The whole the whole joint was shaking. I didn't know what was going on. It went for about thirty seconds. I don't know. I I, I didn't know what to do. I, my instinct was to run out of the house, but I don't think I've since talked to people that say that's the last thing you should do because the shit could fall around off the roof in front mm. of you. I don't know, but fuck. Let's hope we don't go through that again. Very Hot. surreal times, but uh, there, there is not a doubt in my mind, Keeney. You would have just thought, mm, this is interesting. But uh, I, I, I was uh, I was in my car actually, which is a very weird place to be because I was at the traffic lights and I felt like I was out on a boat in the ocean. Mm. It was literally rocking side to side, and then um, I was almost at the hospital I was going to, and I got there and it was an actual movie scene. It was a mass evacuation out of the Alfred Hospital. Um, thousands of people running out, bloody. It was like Godzilla. Jesus. Scenes out of Godzilla. It was, uh, yeah, pretty pretty freaky times. But very glad to be here doing this with you boys. That's it. Um, you know, on to the more important stuff, I suppose, and that's talking about fantasy football, isn't it? So <laughs> let's get on to our league yeah. news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. And we'll kick it off this week. I think probably the biggest news is that uh, my title of the highest score in the league lasted all of one week. Um, and the Pappas Punishers just snatched it straight away from me with a very respectable 194, was it? Off the top of my yeah. head? 194. Yeah, 194. So 0.1. didn't crack the 200, which as we say, we're getting closer and closer to now. It's definitely going to happen. Just a matter of 
when, not if. But uh, very well done by the Punishers this week. And Aaron Jens, just <laughs> who is on his roster, Keeney, uh, from mm. last week's pod. You thought he might have been on another team. Yeah. But Aaron Jones just absolutely dominating with four touchdowns. And he really could have cracked 200 if Green Bay had just left him in at the end of the game. But they pulled him with about two or three drives left. So, yeah, very interesting. But, uh, yeah, any thoughts, Hod? Uh, I was going to say there there wouldn't be anyone more fitting for you to pass the title on to your uh, little blue bum boy. Um, but it's two weeks in a row that you set the record and had a very low score from Ayuk. I think, was it 1.8 or a zero? Zero. And then, um, oh, point zero. <laughs> and then also um, Pappas rolled out a two from Antonio Brown. So there is potential there, mm-hmm. boys. Keeney, are you going to step up? Because it ain't going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who, who knows? But uh, credit, credit where credit is due to the punishers. He started the season off beautifully. And um, I think we all knew that he was very hurt by his uh, power ranking of in that bottom third run to start. But I don't think, and a little teaser to something uh, ahead of the pod, but I don't think he's going to be there for much long, ladies and gents. He's uh, he's looking strong. And even his other Jerns boy, Daniel Jerns, is looking pretty good. He's played a couple of pretty good weeks. And certainly in, in fantasy terms, he has anyway. I think he's QB4 on the year at the moment. So that's a great return and exactly what uh, Papa needed, clearly. Absolutely. Mm. While we're... um. While we're on the Daniel Jones, I actually just remembered Papa was uh, up and about and he sent me, um, I have a good debate for you boys on the pod this week. Is Danny Dimes a better runner than Lamar? I said, juicy, what's your proof? And he just sent me a YouTube video of the greatest run that never happened, which was that 46-yard rushing touchdown last week that got called back. I'm like, that's your proof. One run that got called back. And he said, cost me 200 points. There was a segue there all along. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, so wanted, to, wanted to talk about the highest scorer. There's a little three-sentence setup that you fell straight into. But uh, I thought you were going to talk about that uh, the stumble run. Yeah, that's what I thought. Against you were... Washington the year <laughs> if before. If you need proof, a guy yeah, that yeah. can't even keep up with his own feet. <laughs> well, that that was actually my, uh, my reply back to him. I said, just be glad he didn't fall over. Because that is, that is the Daniel Jones that we know. All right, well, let's move into some bigger news, I reckon, and that is a few trades that went down this morning, some fresh ones here. Hod, why don't you run us through them? Well, when we mention trades, there's two men that lead the way usually, and it's one sitting on this pod, and the other one is the San Diego Demon himself. So Keeney receives. This was fresh off the clock this morning. Uh, Austin Eckler, another handy little add to the grouse. Um, For Tony Pollard, a 2022 first, which is Pappas, so looking like a late rounder. And then a 20, two 2023 seconds, my, myself and Manny's, and a 2023 third. Um, trade calculator spits this one out very even. So why don't we uh, throw to the man who executed it? Yeah, you can if you want. Um, yeah, it's always nice to, to wake up on a Thursday morning with... I don't know about you guys, but I get about 12 sleeper notifications when I wake up every single morning um, and they're all just news related. I should probably turn them off in a side note. Um, But uh, I did happen to open the app up and 
of course the, the trade didn't really pop up until I saw that little notification yellow bubble there. And I thought, Oh, hello boys and girls. And it was of course from Camo <laughs> and I had to have a look it, it shifted a little bit. There was a bit of a counter from me and we ended up settling on that one, but what, what um, shifted my pants. Uh, <laughs> but one, my, my Austin Eckler did. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, as you said, I think it's a, a pretty fair trade. I, I had a bit of interest in Eckler before the season started. I've seen what I wanted to see out of him after two weeks, which is I think his roles changed a little bit with the new coach, new coordinator. I think they're using him inside the inside the red zone a lot more than what they did previously. So um, I think he's got a fair bit of upside um, in terms of scoring. So I'm happy with how they're using him and was happy to come to the trade. Um, I was I was talking to um, Matty Mack about this this morning. He's not, he's not a sexy name. I think most don't really want him on the roster, but I fully agree, having watched their two games, he is mightily involved. And apart from the soft tissue stuff, he's sort of that McCaffrey mold. It'll be freak injuries that hurt him um, because he's so elusive and gets that passing work. So I've uh, also come around to um, why you might be interested there, Ben. Yeah, no, I just wanted to uh, also add that I um, I also have this, the audio recording of the back and forth between Keeney and Camo when they were going through this trade. And Keeney was just taking his time trying to, you know, really think about whether this is something he wanted to pull the trigger on. And, and Camo just had this to say. He had count spiders. So just really <laughs> tried to rush you along there. I don't know if that came through or not. If it didn't, yeah, what a gag. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I enjoyed it. let's move. I reckon to our second trade that went down this morning. Second trade. Before we do move to the second trade, I also appreciated a little bit of insight from Maddie. He said to me, Camo turned his uh, squad from last year, a pretender's squad, into a contender squad and now back to a pretender squad in the one-off season. So... It's a seesaw affair with Camo. He's an interesting, interesting GM in this league. Keeney, can you? I think that, uh, yeah, I I think that's fair. But he also has six first-rounders at his disposal and four second-rounders at his disposal. So I think whilst, I think he's probably his team has looked similar from the get-go to now, he's added a bunch of picks. And I think... He's almost saying, well, I don't think I'm going to win it this year, but let me attack next year. And I think he can rise pretty quickly by this time next year. Absolutely. And I think he's one we need to get on because we are trying to piece together things in Leisure Suit Larry's mind, and that's always a dangerous thing. (laughs) So we need to get him on so he can iron out this seesawing affair. But we will move on to the second trade of today. It's like they know that we record the pod on a Thursday afternoon or evening, but um, this is just a draft capital trade. And I know you love some stats, Keeney, so you might be able to decipher this better than I can. But Scooter receives 2022 second, a Camo's one, which I'm guessing he'd want to hope that it's a top 15 pick. Um, 2024 first, which is Matt's, and a 2024 third. And Thais is receiving a 2023 first, and a 2024 fourth. So we're, and the, the trade calculator had this pretty even as well. So essentially Matt moves his first round pick ahead a year. Scoot hoping for Camo's pick to be a top 15, that second, which would be quite nice. But 
The interesting development here is you just spoke about it. The 2023 first round, Camo currently has five of the 12 picks. Matt has three. I have two, leaving one for each scooter and Papa. He actually has four now, Matt. Matt has four. Yeah, that makes Matt four. Oh, there we go. You're the stats man. So a very, very heavy first round in two years' time. Um two well oh. two mainly but what do you think yeah no you're right Keeney four there because we didn't account for the Scoot. fact that Matt took scoots away from him so yeah he's got four yeah. and and Papa is on his lonesome there is the only person holding his actual 2023 first round pick um well there's a lot of talk about the 2023 draft being a pretty strong one so you know like you pointed out Keeney come holding almost half of that first round is a nice position to be in whether he wants to execute taking the picks or whether he wants to flip them for players like you're starting to do with your first round draft capital. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't want to come out here and claim that I started a trend, but I think I have. <laughs> um, I kind of did this in 2022. It's it's something we're seeing out of Matt in Matt and Camo in 2023. And I think Jake's doing it in 2024 where teams are just stacking their first rounders for a given year. Um, and whilst this trade is even in calculations, and I agree it is even, um, it doesn't factor into the fact that Matt is now starting to monopolise the 2023 draft, um, which I think just adds a little bit more value that's a bit hidden um, in this, in, mm. in a trade in isolation. So, um, you know, I think well played from from Matt's point of view. Um, and for, for Scooter, um, you know, he's happy to pick up some probably more capital now in the short term. Hmm. Well, what's the saying, Keeney? If you can't beat them, join them. So I think you've started the trend. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's looking pretty promising. Come on, Matt, there. I reckon I started it, Keeney. Just. Uh... <laughs> oh, here we go. I might have something <laughs> a bit uh, later on these two gentlemen for the listeners, no, but we'll keep, we'll keep that between uh, me, myself, and I. We'll get on to injuries here. Um, tour. Uh, Pretty upset, upsetting for you there, Keeney. But fractured ribs, it came out that it was just bruised initially. And then the sleeper apps or the bleacher report, whatever it is, it, literally 10 minutes later, then he now has fractured ribs and he's out week to week, missing week three already, being ruled out. So um, not ideal for the man who's already got a bit of pressure on him, um, which is unfair, I think, but um, definitely a bit of pressure going on for tour and that's not going to help things. Um, there, There's too many... Um, injuries just first practice of the week. So we'll keep this as a keep an eye on for the week. Um, Carson Wentz, ankles. He sprained both in the one game. Did he? Only, Car- only Carson Wentz could do that. That's some special um, work right there. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Johnson with a knee. Saquon with, I think that would just be management, but mispractice today. Josh Jacobs. Um, oh, they've, they've downgraded it from everything to an ankle now, um, but he'd yeah. still be pretty unlikely. There were a number of other... Um, injuries, missing practice today, but I don't know that they're too too much to worry about. Yeah, yeah. I think they've already ruled Jacobs out, um, basically. But, uh, geez, if you got up early at 3 a.m., it was an absolute bloodbath. It was, yeah. It was QBs going down left, right, centre. Um, even Baker was in that mix. He, he kept playing with a shoulder, but he's still a bit proppy as well. So actually, if you survived actually, week yeah. two, you've done well. There's a few. That's actually a good yeah. point. The quarterback, sorry. Um, Tyra Taylor out. So yeah, it's Hammy. Yeah, um, who's been really actually, good? He has been um, one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league, I think. Um, oh my God, 
But it's actually not a good hammy either. So uh, that brings Jim. What's what's his name? Davis. Davis Mills, baby. Davis Mills into action. Yep. So there we go. That's the injuries, boys, and the news, and the trades. Plenty to get through. And, that is, and that's I was what... say, that is why you draft Davis Mills in the third round mm-hmm. for this very situation. Round three already so getting a start. And he looked okay. Yeah. I mean, he threw a pick, but had 100 and something yards when he came in and a touchdown on top of it. So... We'll wait and see. Could uh, could be a nice little pickup for him there. But we'll move on to a bit of the cash segment, and that is our Eliminator pool. Um, Jesus, was there another three teams knocked out by the executioners, just de-headed, so to speak, from them? Um, what were your words, Keeney, for those people last week? If you take Scoot in the Eliminator pool, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> And, I, and that reigns true. He's, it really he's done did. it again. He's done it again, the executioner. He's, um, yeah, single-handedly just, responsible I, for all five eliminations out of the 12 so far. And I'd just be careful. I don't know if they've all been submitted, Ben. You'd be able to tell me. But, they have. Um, if, anyone, if anyone's tipped me this week, just be careful for it, the upset to, <laughs> to scoot to go go again in week three and just eliminate some more people. That, that might be what he's... Uh, Getting most joy out of it at the moment is just for. eliminating people from, from cash. I so, can confirm. Was there anyone that went for me? No. No love for you this Ooh. week. There are um, seven people left. There are four people on the Punishers this week, two people on the legal team, and one team on the Lions. So um, if, if the Punishers and the legal team go down this week and the Lions get up, we would have a sole winner. Soul survivor, oh, so wow. you would uh, it'd be pretty unlikely, but who knows? I mean, five people gone in two weeks. I wasn't expecting that. I thought it would string on a little bit longer. And just to just to round it out, so just for those uh, listening in and aren't aware, we've got Timos, uh, Jake, Brody, Papa, Steph, and Maddie, Max, and Ben uh, still alive in the eliminator pool, and I think. Um, Jim is also alive, considering he entered his tip after the matches were. Uh, were played, so Jim decided he wanted to go on Papa after week two had concluded. So um, not sure what happened there, Ben. But uh, Jim's just started his own little side pool with himself. Yeah. I think <laughs> just the yeah, picks his that own he eliminator. Yeah, he, he puts in the picks that he would have liked rather than the ones he actually submitted. But um, just eliminates himself. <laughs> exactly. So we'll wait and see what happens with that. But let's move on to the reviews. What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. And we'll quickly just run through the scores for this week in the matchup. So the Park City Lions defeated Prestige Worldwide, 168-120. The Grouse defeating Johnny Unitas Haircuts, uh, 144-95, which is a pretty large defeat there. The San Diego Demons uh, defeated the Bayside Executioners, 135-98. to um, OJ's legal team, 147, defeated Jim City Stallions, 131, became much closer in the end with the Tonyan Rogers Ooh. stack, and I'm sure Jake would have got a bit nervous after that Tonyan touchdown that maybe uh, could have been another one, because what was that, like a 14-point play when Rogers threw the touchdown to him, so could have happened, but then Pappas punishes, my goodness, was this a bloodbath here, and I've, I've still got the sounds from this matchup, which was the Pappas Punishers 194.4 oh. to the DFF 91.36, and I can still hear the sounds. Stop! Stop! He's dead. And that was the sentiment for the DFF, who now just keeps rolling with that 
under one hundred stat, Keeney? Is that what yeah, you're going to add? Um, we're we're up to we're up to ten of the last thirteen weeks for the DFF, just providing a a sub triple A score A. Uh, so that's that's some sort of record to be to be proud of. Uh, just with with this matchup, I I did receive several um, <clears throat> questions in my inbox about is this the first time someone's won by a hundred? Um, they all came from the same bloke, Papa, but he did keep asking <laughs> me, and um, he's he's right. It is the first time someone's won by a hundred. So well done to Papa. He's uh, he's notched up that record that as is, well, and I'm. Have a feeling that he loved who it was against as well. So he's holding the oh, title no, yeah. of the the highest score and also the highest winning margin at the moment. Uh, finally, though, our last match was the straight cash homies one forty nine defeating the hum dingers himself eighty three. So well, I reckon Hod's a little bit uh, happy that the hundred point defeat happened to go down this week because he scored less than the DFF and that sort oh. of slid under the radar. I reckon for a few people, yeah. but. Uh, do you, do you yeah. bl- do you blokes want to steal any more of my review? Well, go give us uh, give us the the thoughts that we haven't stolen off you yet. <laughs> oh, everything I had, you've just talked about. I've highlighted the score, the hundred point defeat. I was going to blow it up as the DFF's <laughs> the worst team in the history of the EDL, um, and then and then he would have beaten me this week. That was where I was going to go with it. Um, but I do love I do love Papa's got a rival with everyone except Ben. We know that, but. The DFF is still irrelevant. This was the notes from Papa that, that um, he's put through. The DFF is still irrelevant. And then Steph's put in the punishers more like pretenders. It's just a real back and forth between these two. Um, and Steph there saying slow and steady wins the race. I, I'm on this train now, but I don't know how slow and steady you can go. Um, and we just have to. We have to mention we've got our favorite players on this podcast. And Cole Komet. He was a big part of our punters club this week. And Steph's just put a little note in there that he's still blossoming into an elite tight end in this league. So um, there's there's a couple. I'll, I'll jump back up to another one in your game, uh, Keeney, knocking off the Johnny Unitas haircuts. Manny's just, just had a little stab there at Jonathan Taylor. Is is a big bust. And the Colts <laughs> should definitely go back to Marlon Mack. Thoughts on that quickly? Uh, my thoughts are that he's... He'll go to any length to try and get some re- resemblance of a running back two on his fucking team because it's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Kenny, you are fired up today. I love it. it. Really um, I'll just remind I'll just remind you, blokes. This I had a look on Apple Podcasts and we are still rated as G rated. You might want to have a look at that, Ben. <laughs> oh, did I <laughs> but, not um, put that on last week? <laughs> Whoops. No, no, no. Um, we should be illicit uh, or explicit, even. Um, and Kenny. <laughs> And Keeney, uh, Keeney, your bench scored 106. And then you've gone and made this trade today with Austin Eckler. So I'm just going to remind everyone, you're going to have to bench either Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley, or Terry McLaurin. You are taking the piss out of the league, aren't you? Yep. (laughs) No comment. Yeah. No. Yeah. No Just taking the high, taking the high road. Um, taking the high road. The, the 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 note there of Keeney's bench scored one hundred and six was written by him himself. What are you talking about? <laughs> no one else Don't spotted. That no shit. one else spotted that one. Don't reveal that shit. Oh, I did. Uh, yeah, and we we love that. Uh, look, a few of you. Obviously, we got you to fill in a few takeaways from your from your match this week. We got you to fill that in in the form. A few people took it a bit more seriously than others. 
So we appreciate both sides of uh, the coin there. But Scooter, I really did enjoy his uh, response to his what his takeaway from his matchup, which was, <laughs> I'm really loving my fantasy experience this year. It's kind of like eating out a sumo wrestler's ass post-match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is very salty at the moment, Scooter. The, oh, that just yeah, really... that, that sounds extremely salty, that uh, visual that he's put in right there. I have got... Um, and it might be a little bit of a teaser for later in the pod, but that's his censored answer there. I happen to have oh. the uncensored version a little bit later that I might reveal. But okay. uh, if if the uh, I don't even know if there's a rating hod that the <laughs> podcast will allow us to put on if I have to reveal that one. So we'll wait. Well, I'll try and work out how it'll, I can do that. It'll be uh, it'll be changed by default very soon. I'm guessing. Can I um, just add as one of my little takeaways is that after seeing the executioners eliminate. Uh, three more people. I'm starting to hear some vultures just circling mm-hmm. the Bayside Executioners. I reckon there are a few teams inquiring about his players and it could be one of the members of this podcast. I reckon could just be uh, sending a few, sliding into his DMs a little bit there, just inquiring about a few of those Executioners. Any truth to I that? Did ask about, I did ask about Aaron Jones and he, he told me he's not on the roster. So <laughs> I tried that one already. but uh, That's fair. Let's let's uh, let's move on to some actual uh, some actual fantasy sort of stuff that went down. I tell you what, Gronk, he's a talking point at the moment. He is getting uh, the the whole last dancing with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Don't worry about that stuff. Mm. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, they are Ridiculous. just going nuts at the moment, and he is not blocking. He is playing the Gronk role that he has played in New England for a while. He is well and truly relevant. I think he's tight end three right now. Four touchdowns um, already. Yeah. Four touchdowns in two weeks is mm. pretty phenomenal. So Jim has Jim has found one there, and he's um, he has come out and said, oh, "I'm going to play for as long as Brady plays." So there's another eight years for Gronk and the Stallions. So, hmm. and uh, probably probably the only other takeaway from that matchup, and Ben, you did you did touch on the fact that it got super close, and it really shouldn't have. But um, the, the Heineke McKissick stack. Um, Jake Jake's revealed to us that that could be coming back, and I think that that sort of speaks to maybe some some love from the fantasy gods, and maybe just channeling the twenty twenty OJ's legal team and and getting back to that winning feeling with the guys that got him the championship in twenty twenty. So maybe maybe that's a sign of things to come for for OJ's legal team, who is just quietly for a, for a guy who won the league he's fly, he's going straight under the radar for a guy that won the league he's put up a couple of back to back 140s no one's talking about him um, is he is he he's going all right yeah I is think he? he's going okay well we might 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 have to point something out in the next segment well, as far as i'm concerned he is i haven't heard anything from him he's been ultra quiet he has been very apart from his resi- apart from his resignation letter not not on my phone he hasn't okay righto <laughs> Um, I'll just finally touch on, I think, in Matty Mack's team. I think people are expecting that to be a pretty close game. Didn't turn out to be the case, and I think probably the biggest takeaway is that his QBs both under-delivered this week, which is a rarity for his team to have both under-deliver. Uh, and I reckon that that was pretty much uh, the match right there. I think, what was it? Dak scored like seven points, which yeah. pretty unheard So that's of. basically... Matt's floor, like he's going to score 120 at the worst. Yeah, which, mm. exactly right. So 120 <laughs> with shocking QB performance um, and no real standout on his team this week. I, I don't think there was which, anyone which, who scored like over 20. 
Which would also oh. almost be a franchise record for the DFF. Yeah, well, how far <laughs> off a franchise record for the DFF would that be? But, yeah, I've, now, guys, I am I am a stats man. I do like to keep this sort of stuff. So I've got everyone's best ever score. I know we've only been playing for a short time, but the DFF's franchise record is 129. So they <laughs> had a shocker and was nine points would away it, from the best Would have made a match of it. Posted. Can we just point out, so... Uh, teams that outperformed that this week. Straight Cash Homies, Pappas Punishers, Jim City Stallions, OJ's Legal Team, San Diego Demons, The Grouse, and Park City Lions all outperformed that 129 just this week. So mm. everyone, Everyone's hit 160 except for the DFF and the San Diego Demons. Ooh, so there you go. That's an interesting stat. Just remember, boys, slow and steady wins the race. That's true. <laughs> I can't wait to see uh, how how much slower it could go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, that's enough for reviews. Let's move on to our power rankings. That's the power of love. That's the power of love. And there has been some serious, like an earthquake, some serious movement in our power rankings this week. Oh, only two weeks in and things are starting to shuffle. So kick it mm. off, Keeney, with that bottom third. Well, that was Huey and here's that was Huey Lewis and here's the news. I kind of butchered that, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, the 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 twelfth the twelfth seed in the power rankings. Nothing's changed here, ladies and gents. It's the DFF still at number twelve. Now, some people might think that's a bit controversial. I know one podcast member does thinks that uh, maybe he should creep up to number 11, but we can maybe discuss that with him in a sec. Number 11, the Hum Dingers. i tell you what, we may actually also have to put these into sixth because there is a serious teardrop after 11 and 12. <laughs> let me tell you that much. Those two are really fighting it out for the bottom. Uh, number 10, as a, a weekly drop of three spots for the Bayside Executioners. He won't be happy with that <laughs> one. And... Also a weekly drop of three places from number six down to number nine for Johnny Unitas's haircuts who copped a trim on the weekend. <laughs> Jeepers. That is very punny. Um, I'm up. Let's go, let's go with the middle thirdrant. And I, speaking of up, I've got a few teams that have popped up here. Up to eighth spot is the San Diego Demons and up to seventh, both of these squads have moved up two spots is the Jim City Stallions and representing the Sonny Weaver Junior Division, Woo-hoo! ladies and gentlemen, getting us out of the Good bottom thirdrant. Um, the boys have come up. Now, this is where the segue came before. OJ's legal team, he's had a whinge. He's asked the league. He's put us on notice, basically gave us the ultimatum. We don't want him out of the league. He's a great member of this league, and we've answered. We've put him into sixth spot, up two from last week, at one and one, and then Maddie, Maddie Mack, he just has one bad week with quarterbacks, and he drops two spots. That's a bit stiff, mm. but uh, the Prestige Very. Worldwide coming in fifth there, um, down from third last week. That's right, which does mean that this person has moved up a place and into that top third, and that is the Pappas Punishers, starting two and zero, high score. I reckon even he he's moved up to that top third, and I reckon he'll still feel jaded by that not being in the top two, probably uh, no with the high score of all time, as he would put it. Uh, but he is two and zero, which also could be argued that a one and one team is sitting above him, which is the straight cash homies sitting there at the number three spot. And if you haven't cottoned on yet, that means we have a new 
Number two. Finally, we come to my number two man. His name, number two. And that would be the Grouse sitting there, 2-0 and on the season, just putting out some 140s, 150s type scores, gets in Austin Eckler sitting there nice and pretty, and then uh, the Park City Lions sitting there at the number one spot. Thoughts, boys? I've got no thoughts up here. I'm, I'm up the other end. What do you think, Keeney? Uh, I think um, it was really close between two and three, wasn't it, Ben? It was, it was, tie, it was actually a tie. It had, we had to go back on a count back there, and uh, you just pipped the straight cash homies. But already a fair bit of movement, wasn't there, in uh, all three yeah. thirdrants. So... I think you nailed it, though. I think Papa will feel hard done by it being number four, and I think Matt should feel hard done by it being number five. But, look, mm. I think it's a pretty strong top five anyway. I think they're probably yeah. maybe the clear top five, and then it, and then there's a bit of a fight on for, for six, seven, eight. Who knows? But yeah. um, Legal team might not like that. I was going to say, there's a few people who won't like hearing that, but um, who knows? As yeah, Ben definitely. always says, two summers don't make a swallow. <laughs> Yeah, Jeez, thanks, it. Huey Lewis. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with Papa's a bit stiff there. He's um, well up on the scoring undefeated. Um, and, yeah, good to see you jumping up there, Keeney. I think um, – I wonder how many people put the power rankings in after your little trade, and that might have factored in. I know it did for me. Um, but, yeah, what while we're um, – no, it slipped me again. I've had two weeks in a row. <laughs> oh, <Jesus. laughs> well, this could be a new oh, segment. Oh, no, I've got it. I've got light it. I'm bulbs, on. I'm bulbs. on. I'm on. Um, ben, when you made the all-in-one doc, I was having a look at the uh, drop-down for the power rankings, and I think you put it in what you ranked everything in. No, I... The, D- the DFF was at the bottom of the drop-down. I was just after him. And then the San Diego Demons, Jim City Stars. There was a. It's very was an observant. Order there. It's very observant. I literally just took last week's power rankings and I put them in, so they were in the exact Jeez. order that last. I week. thought you were, thought you were giving us a sneak peek into your uh, rankings for the week. Pretty similar. Uh, wasn't far off, but uh, yeah, let's move on. Convenience. Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. Sure, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean in the that. the Geneva Convention. Look it's, it up. And our week three previews uh, using our projections here brought to you by Harry's Banjo String Repairs out in Mordialic. So make sure if you're out Mordialic Way, get around Harry and his Banjo Strings. Um, but we'll kick it off with the first game, which is the, the, the Battle of the City, as it's been coined um, mm. over the last year and a few months that this league has been around for. So Keeney, why don't you mm. run us through that? Yeah, the two capitals of the league are going head-to-head here. So um, I, I do, firstly, just want to say I do appreciate um, Harry's banjo string repairs coming to the party. Um, I know there's a few in the league that have uh, maybe had to call up Harry from time to time and get a service. Uh, so it's it's nice of him to jump on board and particularly being, you know, pretty accessible out in Mordialic. It's good. Um, going back to this matchup, though, we look at the projections <laughs> i'll tell you what it's a 32 point difference according to sleeper and harry uh so 89 percent in the in the sleeper app but a hundred percent and this could be a bit of a theme this week with the with the league there are a few somewhat uh from the you know from the outset it seems to be one-sided matchup so a hundred percent of league members voted for 
Park City Lions, which actually surprises me because Jim normally does vote for himself. So um, he's obviously not feeling as confident. Um, but as he put it himself, he's going to need an almighty run from his own stallions to pinch it. And he's going to need some, some big scoring from his tight ends and wide receivers because Benny's running back room after big Derek went off and, uh, and another Chubb uh, in week two is uh geez, he's been efficient, the Chubb and the holes oh, yeah, keep opening yeah. up as we know. Um, and that's when he does his, does his best work. <laughs> so it is a formidable kind of one, two punch there with uh, Benny's running back room. But um when you when you look over to Jimmer's side, it's uh, he's he's going to need something out of Rojo. Um, I know you like him, Hod, but geez, he's been underwhelming to start this season. So, and it also just looks like Brady's just throwing the ball nonstop. He's just almost like he's trying to get MVP, or he's just trying to go nuts and break the touchdown record. So that, that hasn't helped Rojo at all to start the season. I am a big fan because I think he's he's a, one of the better pure runners in the league with the ball when he doesn't put it on the ground. But I, I just don't know. Um, I just don't know. Yeah. Who's going to get the rock at any given time in that offense. And as you said, it's, it's a, they're airing it out. And why wouldn't they? It's kind of like the chiefs. They've got so many weapons. there. a very good quarterback behind center. So um, he'll have his days. Don't worry. Yeah, he will. Yeah, I agree. I think he's better than Fournette personally, but anyway, absolutely. That's, uh, that's, that's another that's another uh, topic for another day. Uh, going back to this matchup, um, of course, this was the uh, the trade that went down in the offseason. Jalen Hurts for Derrick Henry. So a bit of a revenge game, one to watch. I think both parties would be pretty happy with with what they've both delivered thus far on that trade. So a um, bit of a revenge game here in that one. And, and for Ben, a big return, hopefully, fingers crossed, for Odell to, to come back in and um, provide something for the Park City Lions because I tell you what, he has had enough of Brandon Ayuk and that weekly circus down in San Francisco. So I've already noticed Odell is straight into the lineup and until you can get a trustworthy snap count for Ayuk, it's really hard to start him at the moment. So uh, fingers crossed, as I said, that Odell gets out there. Um, I actually think he could have personally a really nice year. I think the Browns are... Um, I think Baker's been pretty efficient and he could just hog a lot of the targets. So anyway, we'll see how that, that goes. Um, and the, probably the only other thing to take note here, he currently has him on his bench, but um, Justin Fields first start in the NFL this week. So exciting times for Jim city stallions, obviously invested a bit in, in the draft and a bit of the new wave coming through for the stallions. So looking forward to this one. Mm, should be good. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely already getting sick of, San Francisco. Normally it's their running backs <laughs> that stop. give you a bit of a headache, but now it's the wide receiver room at the moment. Don't know what's going on. And it probably doesn't help that Jerry Judy got injured in week one as well, which gives me less flexibility. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for Odell comeback because I don't want to start him for a third straight week. It's a headache just watching the, their games and seeing him trot out there and not even get looked at at the moment. So... We will wait and see, but should be good, the Battle of the Cities. We'll move on to uh, a battle between one of our own podcast members, the Humdingers, against the high-flying, high-scoring Pappas Punishers. Um, and plenty to be said for both of these two teams that put their thoughts into the uh, form this week. So Pappas' thoughts here about the Humdingers was that uh, the Humdingers will pay for their role in putting him as the nine-seed in the early power rankings. He's still, he's holding on to that as that motivation there. So we'll, uh, we'll see if 
you know, maybe going up to number four softens him this week a little bit or whether it gives him further drive. What do you reckon, Hod? Well, I know Tim would say that Papa couldn't be softer, but um, <laughs> Hodder, he's very sumo wrestler salty, isn't he? He's uh, but good on him. He's thriving. He's uh, he's using the motivation. So, I'm uh, and I'm sh- I appreciate you saying earlier that it's a battle, Ben. I'm not I'm not sure what a battle definition is, but yeah, look, uh, half- ho- hopefully the dingers can put up a fight. After outscoring the DFF by 100 and then taking on the Humdingers who put a lower score out last week, it could be extremely one-sided. What Sleeper got this one? It's very, very one-sided. 93% Sleeper has him at the moment and our league has him at 100%. So there's another just uh, all in, all chips in on Papa's team this week. Um, Yeah, look, just looking at it for Papa's side, his team put out 16 touchdowns last week to get that high score uh, and... Compare that to 12 that they put up in week one and he put up 170. So, you know, you just wonder whether his team is just going to keep putting out those high touchdown rates. 16 is extremely large. Uh, I don't think you could expect 16 touchdowns every week. But, you know, if he's sitting anywhere between 10 touchdowns to 15 touchdowns as a reasonable expectation, then uh, he should be expecting high scores. Well, even if even if um, Papa's players didn't gain a single yard on those touchdowns, he still would have outscored Hod last week. That's true. Um, <laughs> got 92 points from touchdowns. So, Jesus it's Christ. Pretty incredible, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, also just looking, uh, uh, we mentioned it at the start, Hod, that uh, Carson Wentz has done a, a magnificent job of taking out both of his ankles in the same game. Um, what's your plan if he doesn't play? Um, probably give the DFF a call and see if he'll let us have Jacob Eason for a start because um, he didn't didn't come in and thrive too much. I think he threw a pick on his first or second throw. So, um, yeah, it's not looking great. Um, I think it'll be a pain management thing, but he can't even favour one side, can he? It's a bit um, bit odd. Yeah, extremely odd. And not a good sign that he didn't even return for that game when it happened, when it was very much in the balance. So time will tell, but let's move on to the next game, Hod. We have the San Diego Demons up against the straight cash homies. And don't you mean team Tim 84? <sighs> yeah. What's, <laughs> what are you trying to throw me there for? Well, have a look um, in the app. He's the one bloke and Keeney, I'm going to throw to you because I reckon you were pretty tight on getting people to change names and things like that and make sure that, their squads are up to date. This bloke can't even be bothered changing his bloody team name on the app. Tim, yeah, pull your head out. I'm going to get onto him, but uh, I tell you, there's one thing I've just noticed is that uh, Hod's got a lot of Ron Burgundy about him. He just reads off the teleprompter, and if there's something not right, he just keeps going. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start putting question marks in the notes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pot. Pot committed, I am. Uh, oh, well, how's this for reading notes? I'll give you some figures, boys, um, ladies and gentlemen. So the polls, 92% in the favourite team. So this is going to be a cakewalk from all reports. And the um, the sleeper app doesn't uh, think any different. 90% for Tim Oss. And the second highest discrepancy in projections uh, by 33 points. So um, I think... I think it will be pretty easy, but let's see what Tim had to say. Camo just offered me a trade. Um, Tim also said, oh, surely I can't lose to a guy who can't beat Steph. That must be a sour taste in the mouth for Camo. 
and uh, and then Tim's Tim's just texted in and said just waiting for another trade offer from Camo. So um, <laughs> I don't know I don't know how many more trades Camo can do, but I'm sure he'll still lead the way. Now Camo, <laughs> he's, this is what he had to say. He's um, he's trying to the. I hope it's the reverse Moz, but he's got will CMC score fifty against Houston? Will Kyler score sixty against the Jags? And touchdown regression coming for the Herb bolt up. So he's he's not he's feeling a bit pessimistic about the Demons' chances this week. What do you think, boys? Is he any chance oh, upset alert? I just think he's trying to get all the uh, he's trying to get all the negativity out before the D's play on Saturday. He's trying to get all of that yes. bad juju out there. Um, but absolutely, no. I think that his team has a chance of, yeah, absolutely. His team has a chance of scoring. I mean, as Keeney pointed out, everyone bar two teams has scored 160 in this league, Camo being one of them. Maybe it's his time. Who knows? Well, the last point I'll make is the straight cash homies, a lot of greenbacks in that uh, franchise. Every one of Tim's players is green this week in their projections. He could put up an absolute whopping score. Um, Other than Kamara against the Pats and uh, Mike Evans might draw... Ramsey from the Rams, but um, yeah, it's looking pretty promising for Timos this week. Keeney? It is a big week for Camo, so let's just give him the, the <laughs> space and respect that he deserves. <laughs> Any big, chance a of big... a trade mid-grand final from Camo? Oh, look, Any chance? There's, there's no chance of a trade mid-GF, but there's a massive chance if the D salute. <laughs> he oh. will go on an absolute rampage. I reckon so the only chance I, I, mid-game is at like half time. If it's close, he might just be he might just be so nervous. Energy needs to get yeah. it out somehow. So maybe he'll take his mind off by fl- flying out about fifteen hundred trades. Who knows? Well, yeah, look. If if the D's are ten goals down at half time, there could be a, just a real like negative Nelly sort of trade. Fuck my life sort of setup. But <laughs> other than that, I think we'll just wait until. Uh, post siren and if the red and blue do salute league members get on the phone and just have just have a look at Camo's <laughs> roster see what you like i reckon there's an absolute fire sale to be had so we'll see <laughs> it's a big week for the demons it really All is right, well, let's uh we'll go over to johnny unitas and his sensible haircuts up against prestige worldwide i'll tell you what um Talk about overreacting. The whole league has, and look, rightfully so, I think Matt's favourite, but uh, 100% of the tips on Matt, I guess so. But uh, that's what the league thinks. Sleeper thinks it's um, probably one-sided, not as much. 78% to, to Matt in this one, according to our great friends, Harry's Bando String Repairs out in Morty Alec. Um, so a couple of, it's a nice little matchup, this one, because as we all remember in the, first rookie draft that we had it was the the pick five trade that that matt did and then waited um for a day and a half to actually take the uh <laughs> jamar chase for sanders andrews and cohen and obviously got sutton as well which is looking nice um so those uh those players obviously match up against uh each other in this one um manny was was quick to really just point out how do the McMahons actually manage to get their hair cut during COVID times? Is it possible that they're both wearing rugs? So um, the, the mind games have started on the mops of the McMahons. So um, one to keep an eye on for sure. But when you look at Manny's team, it's the running back to roulette 
that just continues to deliver. And it is an absolute shit show. Um, number one, how's he going to improve it? And number two, does it just speak to the fact that maybe he's, maybe he's just not feeling like he's going to contend and he doesn't really want to improve it? Um, because here's a fun fact about Manny's team right now. He, if we held the, the rookie lottery pick right now, he would have the second pick in the, in the lottery. So he has the second lowest max points for, which is what the lottery is determined on. So not only uh, is the RB2 in struggle town, but the rest of his depth is a little bit in struggle town. Now, obviously Michael Thomas has been a bit of an out for him and two years in a row, but um, what, what do we think about Manny at the moment? Where's he at? Well, where he's at is hoping that Marlon Mack comes on real strong. And maybe there's a world where you've sensed this. You've sensed that Manny might know something that you don't and JT might just take a few weeks off. And that's why you got Austin Eckler in and the Marlon Mack show will be back. What do you reckon, Ben? Who knows? I, I think I think with that second RB spot, until he sort of gets something going there, and I don't know if he'll... He, he has been on the pod... Uh, saying that he doesn't really value draft picks, so will he use some draft capital to shore up that spot? But he also doesn't rate running backs, so who knows where he'll come to with that. His, his wide receivers are decent, so I think he was hoping that it would carry him through that spot. But I don't know, it's a bit hard to uh, bit hard to watch when you've got a rollout Booker as your RB2. And what did he have? One target? Something like that? Yeah, two carries, I think. Jesus. So, uh, it's, just a, yeah. it's just hard to start from 15 behind before you start the game, but... Mm. Um, Anyway, they're probably the, the fun one in this one is also Matt having Chase and T Higgins and uh, Manny having Joe Burrow, who comes up against a pretty fierce Pittsburgh defense. So it'd be kind of interesting to see how all those three players play out. So um, I think the league thinks this one's going to be one-sided. I don't think it's going to be that one-sided, but um, I do expect Matt to win. Very good. We'll move on to what doesn't look like to be a blockbuster. Um, I don't really know that there are any blockbusters this week. It was yeah, there's a match kind of, the of round. easy. There's a match of the round. Is it? Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, all right. Um, the OJ's legal team, they're coming up against the DDF himself. And this is, <laughs> this is apparently the first time they've ever played because Jake has made it known that he's never heard or played against the DFF before. So in saying that, what was the stat there before? 10 of 13 under a hundred. Um, yep. The DFF is very confident about this week. I'll get to it in a second. So if he is very confident, that means Jake is putting up a sub-100 score by (laughs) way of stats going and trends. But um, Jake just likes to throw this one in there. He's 2-1 and with a nice points total. Would be nice for the 10th best team in the league. He's also a sumo wrestler ass saltiness (laughs) about him this year. Um, But we'll get on to the DDF. We talk about him a lot, and I don't want to overshadow Jake because I think he's going to win quite easily and he'll go on his merry way. But Steph is absolutely adamant he is winning this week. He has said, mark my words, he texted me. He will knock off the snake. And now we have a pretty large sample size that uh, the DDF's words are ever reliable, trustworthy, and from the most logical of places. And what we also know is he is a very emotional, super fast texter, Keeney. You made this point because they are usually filled with grammar errors. So he must just 
regurgitate what's on his mind and then just give it, give his thumbs a tap and then send it through and never have a look at it. Yeah. But um, Cole Komet, he's been promoted into the leadership group. Apparently <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is what the squad has been waiting for. This is, this is the moment he waited for this week against Jake. And then his last comment is, I promise I will win this. This is what I love it. I love the passion because if I know anyone he does pull this shit out of his ass. So, boys, do you give him a chance? Yeah, I think this is what we love about Steph and why we, why we love him in the league. But um, look, I think Jake will win. But um, yeah, I I can see it being pretty close. But I think the listeners may not have picked up on this. And while Steph is, you know, saying how he guarantees he's going to win, he's promised I'm going to win this, all that sort of stuff. Uh, point number three from Jake. I'm two and one with a nice points total. He's already banked this one. Exactly He's right. He's one and one currently. He's not two and one yet, mate. So don't count your chickens against the, the might of the DFF. Well, I'm on the DFF train. Maybe I'll change my tip. I'm looking back at the stats here. He's a 25% chance on sleeper. That doesn't sound like a lot, but that's enough for the DF. And only a 17-point differential. I don't mind this. Oh, this this should be match of the round. I'm I'm pushing it up there. That's just because I'm previewing it, so I think it should be. But we'll uh, actually segue match of the round, Benny. Well, I was just going to get. I was having a look through Steph's roster, uh, and as I started to look through it, just had a was having a squeeze at some of the players that he could roll out, and uh, just got a little bit I got a bit overwhelming. To oh, I couldn't even get through it. Um, it'll be can't hear you, mate. Yeah, it was that hard to get sift through the shit that was his roster. But um, jokes aside, I actually think he has, if you go and look at the max points for, he's doing better, I think, than what... Um, he's doing better than some other teams, isn't he? Two, not yeah, 69. Yeah, he's he's, he's doing, only two points yeah. behind Scoot. Uh, mm. So talk about potential of list at the moment as we speak. So who knows? As you pointed out, I think he'll have to be banking on... Uh, Jake pulling out a pretty poor performance as well as him pulling something out of the history books and scoring over 100. Um, but time can, time will tell, eh? Maybe Waddle elevation time, maybe? No, nah, I don't think maybe. he will. That's too, that's too sensible. Too sensible a move okay. for him. Let's move on to the match of the round. We had this one penciled in. We had this one penciled in a few weeks ago as match of the round. It just looked like, you know, start of the season that this week three matchup would shape up really nicely. But uh, unfortunately, as we just pointed out, one of these teams has not continued in the trajectory I think that we anticipated them to, uh, and the other one just continues to make move after move and strengthening that list. So, just made for a little bit of a. I guess not as high expectations on this matchup, and and I think the league backs that up at the moment with eighty four percent tipping the grouse, which is sixteen percent on the Bayside executioners, and I can confirm that one of those tips was Scoot himself, so he's still backing his team in. I like it, but you know what? Uh, the sleeper projections, which is brought to us by Harry's banjo string repairs out in Mordialic, uh, make sure you go down there when you snap a string. Uh, nine points separating. 
the two teams on sleeper. So that's giving you, Keeney, a 62% chance at the moment. So, you know, that is definitely in the realms. And Scoot's got the players on his list that could give him that upside. You know, we saw out of Jameis in week one, uh, very different game week one to week two. So... Jameis, he'd be hoping, would pull out a week one type performance. He's got the ever-reliable Montgomery sitting there. Dalvin Cook had his injury worries last week, so he'd be hoping to get a full go out of him. Um, but, yeah, it's you look through his list. He just got in uh, Jared Cook to shore up the tight end position there. So, you know, he's not given up on this season. I like that attitude. He's always got Devontae Adams sitting there. Currently in his flex right now, so that's a that's a power move if I've ever seen one sitting Devonte Adams in your flex. Um, but I have got some some words here because we also you know in our form this week just got the thoughts of everyone. Uh, and this this was Scoot's thoughts on this matchup. He just said, and he's referring to Keeney here. His analytics won't save him from the axe, so he's already thrown out threats there. Uh, and he's also added, I hope his whole team gets cholera. So really sticking with the, um, <laughs> you know, the time frame in history when executioners were up and about. Um, so, but Keeney, you obviously brought in a good point in your thoughts on this matchup that Ertz is sitting in the COVID protocol, um, which would probably explain why Cook has come in because he had nothing else um, sitting there behind him. And for a third round pick, I reckon that's a pretty solid little mm. trade there it sort of went under the radar we didn't even mention it in the trades did we um what did that happen last week no. i can't even no, happened not happened this week you we just <laughs> there you go we'll mention he it he doesn't now. listen so we don't care yeah, that's true um yeah and just a big hole it is keeney points this one out in his notes and i think this is absolutely relevant but this is a big hole to get out of if scoot drops this game and Goes to 0-3, and, and if James comes out and has another shaky performance like he did last week, uh, could be alarm bells for the old executioners. Um, what I would like to point out is we could we could have so many segments on this show, and another segment I'm really pushing for, we just need another sponsor um, of the, you know, Harry's obviously a great friend of the show, and we need more Harry's to come on board for this segment, but... What it is, is Keeney has many phobias. We alluded to corn last oh, week. And an, another <laughs> another phobia um, I will bring to the listener's attention. It's called phoniosophobia. And this is when one has a paralyzing fear of being murdered by a serial killer. Now, for argument's sake in this segment, the serial killer is Scooter. And that guillotine has Keeney petrified this week. And we're all aware that Scooter has messed with everyone's eliminated pick. And this could just be another one where he comes up against Keeney and knocks him off. What are you living up to this phobia of yours, Keeney? Tell the truth. <laughs> a little bit. Um, I mean, who doesn't have a fear of ax murderers coming in to murder you? I don't know. Is, isn't that normal? Side note, I just looked up what cholera was. I'm cholera good with is. <laughs> Jesus. It's uh, <laughs> fatal if not treated right away. So thanks, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think it was running rampant in uh, in the 1800s as well, which is kind of right up Scoot's alley in terms of uh, his type of people because <laughs> he is an old man. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think that he likes the fact that it causes severe diarrhea. That's the type of disease he's after. Just someone who shits himself. <laughs> S- sumo diarrhea? Yeah, oh. salty. Oh, goodness. Oh. All right, we'll, going well. we'll move on to our next segment, which is our overreactions of the week. 
can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. It's just another skill of this great podcast is we can we can just adapt. There were no grapevines. No grapevines. Your get the dirty aired laundry in. Uh, I was going to say ladies and gentlemen. It's just gentlemen in this case. But we'll flip it to overreactions. And I've got one. It was a huge talking point that came out of the inaugural EDL startup draft where the DDF was chuffed with the slide for Clyde. So are we convinced, boys? Is Clyde the Glide Edwards Hilaire any good? Answer it first before I put my case forward. Well, what he he slid, didn't he? He slid all the way down to, to Steph all in that second round. Slid all the way down yes, there. Yes, he did. So, yep. I don't know. Was it, is it a slide these days or is it more of a skid all the way down to that second round? I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, he's not looking great and um, he's not looking convincing every time he comes in, especially, and I'm sure Steph is hoping or was hoping that he'd be uh, just nice and high-flying in that offense, but he's fumbling. He mm. looks a little bit shaky. Keeney? Oh, no, no, I'll come to I'll come to Kenny at the end. He oh, okay. can close it off because I'm not convinced he's any good. And I was coming into this year, but he single handedly cost the Chiefs against the Ravens. And I know Kenny, you talk about Mahomes and that silly throw he makes, but he makes a hundred better ones. So we'll we'll ignore that. It it came down to Cl- right. bloody Clyde. He has been thrown into the EDL podcast line of fire because of that fumble. So high school stats. For senior years of some of the NFL star running backs, we all know that they, these guys come in as five-star recruits on the back of their high school years. Derrick Henry, have a have a listen to this stat line in his senior year. 4,261 yards and 55 touchdowns. <laughs> King Henry. Ezekiel Elliott, 1,651 yards. I think he played a few less games. 32 touchdowns, though. Alvin Kamara, 2,200 yards and 28 touchdowns. Clyde. What a name, Clyde. 496 yards and 10 touchdowns. This has been overlooked. Then he's three years leading up to LSU, nothing. Then he has a one-year wonder with one of the best college offenses of all time under Joe Burrow at LSU. The eye test on TV shows me he's a plotter. He doesn't have breakaway speed. He doesn't hit the holes hard, and Keeney knows that's very important. And he is not going to be the perennial pass catcher in that offense given... Mahomes' ability to do whatever he wants, and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill obviously are there. Keeney, tell me he is not no good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dumb. No, I'm, I'm probably the at the moment. It doesn't, it doesn't look great at the moment, but um, it's probably when you read out those stats, and I do like a good stat, it probably shows the um, people drafting situation over talent, I think. Um, which is which can be dangerous. It can work, but um, I think more often than not, kind of talent override situation um, in a lot of cases. Um, the irony is, I think Patrick Mahomes like singled out Edwards Alaire in the draft and wanted him, and so basically they drafted him for Patrick, and now he never really wants to use him. So, um, mm. yeah, interesting. It'd be interesting to see what they do with him though. Um, in the next, I know it is interesting, Hod, but. Um, <laughs> Particularly the next couple of years or so, or just even the even in the immediate future, just to see if they limit his workload. It's just for a team that scores so much and has great opportunities for running backs. And historically, Andy Reid has produced great running backs in the past for fantasy. It mm. just hasn't happened so far for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, so it's a bit concerning. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's 
going now, you know, last year he had his moments, but it was it was a disappointing campaign, I would have thought. And this was a year to really jump up and it's look, it's an overreaction because it's only two weeks into the year and he'll probably go on to be the all pro running back. But how many um, weeks it is it how, is alarming. How many weeks will they give him a leash for before enough's enough? Oh, I don't think there's a leash. I really don't. Um, I think they backed him in pretty quickly. That is his first fumble, um, NFL fumble. So um, I was actually surprised by that. Mm. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's really the leash. And I was just thinking when you brought up um, something there, Keeney, maybe the Chiefs just used that pick because getting the first-round running back, they know that they're not going to have to do that second contract and pay a huge amount of money. It's probably a nice position to draft in the first round when you're a perennial number one team, if you like. That was just a random thought I had, but mm. who knows? It hasn't looked my, good so far. My random thought is if your franchise QB says, I want him to keep him happy, you probably just take him. Mm. That's, that's a good point. A lot of teams that didn't take note of that. Uh, well, I mean, Deshaun's in different position now, but... Wasn't he one who famously they, they didn't even go to to consult for coaches, for players, and yeah, then was yeah. surprised that he wanted out. So funny that. You look after your, your franchise QB and they want to stick around. But we'll move on. I'll, I'll throw actually, Keeney, do you want to go through your overreaction or is it even an overreaction these days about your bold prediction of Josh Allen to start the year off? Well, I saw Josh Allen's name on this rundown and I thought what's it doing in the overreaction column don't we have don't we have sort of a predictions that are 100% correct column but obviously we don't so far but uh yeah I I don't know what you guys think but uh, it's it's one that's gone under the radar so far and look it's only two weeks so let's not jump to too many conclusions but uh I do love a good stat as you boys know and I just want to just want to reel off a couple of quick ones I know this has been a long podcast but stick with me Um, I like to look at completion percentage over expectation, which is, so don't worry about completion percentage because anyone can dink and dunk, but it's what you're expected to complete versus what you actually did. In year one, 2018, Josh Allen, 38th out of 39 in all QBs that qualified. Mm -hmm. So pretty, that's not ideal. Second year in the league, 35th out of 39 qualifying QBs. Last year, second out of 41 QBs. That so, is what I like to call a heavy rise and potentially an outlier. This year, 29th out of 33. So I ask you, what is real and what is fake? Well, this season this is, is a- not finished. And so far each season, he has risen as far as I can read those stats there, Keeney. So I've got him True. penciled in for first. <laughs> Love that theory. <laughs> It's a compelling argument, Keeney, and I expected nothing less from you, but um, it's ironic I'm saying just give it time with Josh Allen and I'm not allowing that for Clyde, the stinky man. <laughs> and I and just and I just one one more point is Josh Allen, he did DM Krista this week as well, so I'm extra <laughs> flat on him. Extra salty. <laughs> No, he's. Oh, I'm not off him yet. He's scored a 17 to 16 against nah. two tougher defenses, and he really hasn't had his running game going, which gets him those nice juicy yeah. points, which doesn't fall into the stat that you just reeled off. Then, which is no, that that's right. Passing. And in all seriousness, he he probably sits somewhere in between. Yeah, I, I I don't think he's number two in the league for passing, and I don't think he's last. So he probably sits somewhere in between. And as you said, he's rushing. Uh, gets him such a such a great floor. So mm. I just don't think he's going to be like the league winning. QB that Kyler Murray is going to be this year. Yep. Ooh. Big call. But 
Kyler has definitely started that way, hasn't he? And Josh has not, but time will tell. We'll move on to a new segment, and I know we're running to the end, and this is a long podcast, but a new one. We've, one. we've mentioned uh, Old Man Scoot and his, uh, his salty, salty ways, so we thought, why not introduce a segment where we uh, just run through some of Old Man Scoot's uh, shenanigans? Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. I see another binge-drinking, pill-puffing, powder-sniffing footballer making a tearful television apology, I'll blow a fuse. Get your hand off my penis! <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is the drop for old man Scoot, uh, which, you know, if you are following him in our chat, he's constantly, constantly just angry. He's giving thumbs down to everything that people post. He refuses to listen to the podcast. And most recently... Um, he tried to fill out this form that we sent to everyone to get their thoughts on, you know, matchups, previews, their picks, um, power rankings. And straight away, he just sent a salty message saying um, that Google censored him and wouldn't let him submit the form. And now he refuses to give his feedback and just a real old man type of play there. Hod? Did the old, did the old man send that reply in via typewriter? Yeah, he said it via um, carrier pigeon, I think it was. <laughs> in the end, it got there. I thought he wrote in on his penny farthing. <laughs> but um, well, we sent a thing out to the to the league, to the people who still hadn't filled it in, and Scoot being one of them, and he begrudgingly did fill it out in the end, as you could you know, hear from what we were saying before with some of his feedback, but he wrote to me and said, form's done, kept it cleaner than the original, which was basically telling me everyone which was basically him telling everyone to go fuck themselves. Uh, you know, the standard old sooky scoot behavior, as he put it. So he he could see, you know, where he'd gone wrong. He said, I think the, well, I don't know. He, he did have a bit of remorse here. He said, I look back now and I'm not proud of my comments. And I thought, well, that's pretty big of the man. He said, who am I kidding? I stand by them straight away. Didn't even hesitate to have that one. I'll read you the comment that we think um, got, him banned by Google Forms here. And I'm just mindful because I forgot to put the explicit thing on last week's podcast. I'll definitely click it for this week just in case anyone outside of us 12 listen to it. Um, But I'll read it word for word. He said, I think the one that got me was um, a warning that said, any danger of a player and any (laughs) anyone other than my QB can score a TD in this season. (laughs) Did I get that one right? Yeah, I didn't hear a word. I, I, I lip read some of that. <laughs> so, so, I don't know. Sounds like Scoot. I think it's pretty stiff that Google censored him if that's some of the comments that he was trying to send through. I reckon there, there could have been some algorithms there just blocking him from that. And on that note, on that salty, salty note, uh, we have another podcast in the books. We've got a game coming up tomorrow. Just to kick it off, maybe Davis Mills might get some action in for one of these fantasy teams. I don't think Jim will be bold enough to play him. But, wait, actually, he's got um, him and Justin Fields. What a week mm-hmm. to just have lots of QB options at his disposal. So, very exciting there. And I'm uh, I'm looking forward to some of the matchups this week, some of those salty matchups. Um, and also, wonder if some of these one-sided league votes might just uh, have some upset specials written all over it. What do you reckon, Keeney? Yeah, I agree. A big week uh, already, really. Week three. Um, don't want to overreact too much, but uh, 
some of those 0 and 2 teams under the pump a little bit. Some 2 and 0 teams can start to stretch away. Stretch away. So um, it is a big week. Looking forward to it. Not really looking forward to tomorrow's game. Really, it's a bit stinky. But um, I am looking forward to Steph's bet, and I'm sure it'll involve Darnold. So we'll see what happens. Sammy do. Well, Sammy do. Um, if this if Saturday doesn't go your way, Keeney, on your bevo. Um, it has been a fun ride on this podcast because I don't know that you will make make it back. Um, I don't know where you'll end up, to be honest. But what I will enlighten the listeners is to is to you two. Um, the talks going on in this podcast studio is that this league is a two horse race. They are arguing amongst themselves that the communication just hasn't been there. And Ben saying, I thought I was winning this season and you were going to have next season based on the draft capital. This is the sort of shit that I'm putting up with on this podcast and this league. So I'm with Jake. I like, I like what he did there and made a statement because the respect's not there and the respect's not there for 10 other people in this league that are having a good old red hot crack. And before I go, I'm turning into old man Scooty. Before I go, <laughs> I just want to thank Harry. He's a great friend of the show. Kenny, you alluded to some members of the league have actually indeed met Harry before. And I just thank thank the business. Harry's uh, banjo string repairs down in Mordialic. I, I, I may have been to, uh, to see Harry uh, once or twice before. He's a great man. And I look forward to getting another tune-up at some stage in the future. On that note, <laughs> podcast over and out.